you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The schools aren't fundamentally better. You can make an argument that they're, that they're worse now. What I simply don't accept is this argument that folks without means, that poor folks, have to wait another generation with the hopes that maybe the school department's going to get better. Providence Mayor Jorge Alorza in for last interview as mayor. So let's go over it. Schools, pensions, successes, failures, lessons learned, last day reflections. Holding the powerful accountable from Washington, D.C. to right here in southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicente. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicenti. This is 10 News Conference. My guest this morning, outgoing Providence Mayor Jorge Alorza. Let's get right to it. I was going to ask if you feel relaxed. You look more relaxed than I do today. <laughs> yeah, I've gone a little casual the past couple yeah. of weeks, but that's no indication of uh, the work we've been doing. We've got a lot going on in the city, and we're going to run through the finish line. Well, we'll have time to reflect as we get toward the end of the program, but let's talk about news. Listen, they're going to close, or the state wants to close, two schools in your city and put a third on phase-out mode. When did you find out about that? Do you agree with that plan, and what about the pushback from the teachers' union? You know, the big, uh, the big problem that we're having, or the big issue that we're having, yeah. is declining enrollment. Um, you know, it went down during COVID, and everyone is expecting it to come right back up. That never happened. People are going elsewhere, and so there's just extra space right okay. now. And that opens a door. That opens an opportunity. You know, I've been very vocal about the need to either have deep reforms in the traditional schools, or let's just move to charter schools. Charter schools are doing amazing work with the same children. Um, but one of the problems they're finding is that there's no space in the city. And so it opens up a door, an opportunity. We have two buildings with mm -hmm. a third one coming online in three years. And so it's not up to me, but you know, I hope that these spaces are made available for you know, high-performing charter schools that want to expand here in Providence. All right. Does the mayor have a say in that? You own the buildings. Mm -hmm. Now, the state took over the system, so they're making calls. And then the Education Commission said, I want to close these two schools. Uh, she didn't say to make room for charter schools. She said because they're not safe. The ceilings are falling down. It's a bad place. Yeah. Did she have to consult you with that and tell you because they're your schools technically? Yeah, so programmatic decisions they, they handle. But right. the truth is that there's declining enrollment, right? Okay. You can't move out of a school if there's no place to send kids, but since we have fewer kids. And talking about the school department in general, you know, as I reflect back on my time here and just what I've learned, um, you know, I came in thinking that, you know, I was going to change the schools and I didn't care what the political cost, I didn't, take, I didn't care what it took, I was going to get it done. And what I realized was that, you know, there is no person, no mayor, no superintendent, no principal that can turn this around. Uh, the problems are structural. And unless we fix the structural challenges, okay the contract, teacher tenure, and arbitration laws, it's all gonna continue. So we either need deep changes there, or you know, let's just move to public charter schools. Okay. Charter schools are getting the job done, and they're doing it with the same kids with the same resources. All right, so let me just understand this. So the state is running the system. The state has less students to teach. The state is saying, we're not gonna put them in there. And consequently, the city gets an empty building, and you say, make that a charter school. Spend whatever it takes to bring it back. Now, when you say charter school, you, you're going to get the union angry at you. That's, no, that's nothing good. They've always been angry that's at you since you came in. Par for the course. Par for the course. 
but they're saying, wait, a charter school? That goes against the grain. What would you tell Mary Beth Calabro, the union president? So, uh, you know, I believe in public education, and charter schools are public in every, every sense of the word. And all I care about is what's best for our kids and what's best for families. You know, right now and every year, the waiting lists at these charter schools are off the charts. Yes. Families want choices, families want options for the kids today, not 10 years down the line. So for me, it's very simple. What's working? And let's invest in what's working. We have charter schools that are educating the exact same kids with the exact same resources. Why aren't we investing more and allowing them to expand? And why do we want to preserve a system that has been failing our kids for 40 years? At some point, you've got to try something different. And that's why the push for let's just expand charter yeah. schools. And if there are additional barriers and roadblocks, well, let's just charterize the whole thing. Okay, charter schools operate outside the union rules, the things they've bargained for, and that's right. the nub, according to yeah. you. you. You can't work with their rules. Are you saying they've taken advantage and you can't deal with them now? You know, this is how I think about it. You know, I'm, I'm a Democrat and, you know, I'm like left of center. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm all for the little guy banding together to fight the empire. You know, I can get behind that any day. Mm -hmm. But there's some times when the little guy bands together and becomes the empire. And uh, what we've been seeing is that you know, the teachers' union has behaved in that way, and they seek to preserve their advantage. So teacher tenure rules, mm -hmm. seniority, and when they can't get what they want at the city level, they go and get evergreen contracts at the state house. They change yeah. state law. And uh, it, it's come to the point where they stand as a barrier to the kind of fundamental changes that we need in the schools. Like No one will argue that you know, we need sort of changes at the margins. We need fundamental changes. Okay. And if they're not willing to agree to those fundamental changes, well, then that's fine. But let's look at the alternatives because the future of our kids are too important to simply give up on trying something new. So no argument. You don't have enough kids to fill those schools. The state says, I'm not going to send them there anymore. You say, great, give me the empty building. Let's make it a charter school. Now, you also advised your successor, Mayor Brett Smiley, yeah. in uh, an interesting news conference. There are a bunch of former mayors, and you were the current mayor, and he's the future mayor. And you all said to him, don't be bullied by the teachers union. Get off against, you know, don't let them bully you off the bat. Make sure you got a strong stance out the door. Let's listen to this and then we'll listen to the reaction from, uh, from uh, Mayor Smiley first, or incoming Mayor Smiley, and then Mary Beth Calabro, the union president. Play them back to back, let's listen. I appreciate everyone's wisdom. They will add to um, the plan that we're assembling. One of the key components to my transition includes the re-engagement of families and parents um, in our school system. The collective decades of wisdom here and the recommendations that I'm receiving today um, are important. Not one pair of minutes is Feinstein at Broad scheduled to close, nor is Carl G. Loro and certainly not Gilbert Stewart. The lack of communication and the lack of respect that you have shown to this community. All right, that's Mary Beth Calabro. She's the union president. She's angry that the, the Education Commission wasn't up front on the closure of these schools. They had a fight the, on Twitter last weekend. And before that, Mayor Brett Smiley reacting to what you told him. Now, there's a little, you have a little place uh, next to your desk, a little room over there, right? It's a nice room. Yeah. Yeah, old panel, beautiful. Did you take him in there and say, listen, you got to take care of this teachers' union off the bat because they're going to bully you. What did you tell them? Yeah, pretty much what we said publicly, in all truth. Um, you know, and you know, my years overseeing the school department, Tavares's year, Paylino's years overseeing. You know, that's a lot of experience, and we all came in thinking we were going to change the schools. 
But unfortunately, when we left, um, schools weren't fundamentally any different or better than when we came in. And uh, we don't want him to make that same mistake or come to that realization four or eight years in. We want him to know right from, right from the get-go, many of the things that you likely want to do, you can't do. You can't because you don't have the power because of the structural barriers yeah. that I mentioned just a second ago. And so we urge you to look for alternatives. What are different approaches? And charter schools are sort of staring us right in the face. They're getting amazing results mm -hmm. with the same kids. It's free public education. So why not invest in what works? And every year, parents are voting with their feet. They're signing up for the charter, charter schools. And if you win the lottery, yeah. I mean, you're ecstatic. But if you don't win the lottery and you've got to send your kid to you know, these schools that you know are failing, how demoralizing is that for families? We can't keep doing that to folks. You know, what if I roll the clock back eight years to when you were the new mayor coming in? What if, what if an outgoing mayor said, you can't do it the way, the way it's presented now? You probably would have said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. Never mind. I, I'll, I can do it. You've really changed your thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know I, I, I love mayors, right? Um, and this is kind of self-serving. I don't want it to come off as self-serving, but mayors are different than other political you know, politicians. You know, we're city executives. We're not ideologues. We're, we're problem solvers. And uh, we go where the facts lead us. And, uh, you know, I came in believing that we were going to fix the traditional public schools, put a lot of energy into it, mm -hmm. a lot of time into it. When you come to understand all the roadblocks and the barriers, you know, you, you come to a point where, all right, this is what needs to be done to fix it. Is that realistic? Probably not. And so let's look for alternatives. Um, and so I'm not ideologically wedded to any position. No. I'm simply for what works. And what works is staring us in the face. Charter schools have done amazing work over the past couple of years. And uh, to all the, the parents out there, I want you to know that you, know, you do have options. You do have options to advocate for opportunities for your kids right now today. You don't have to wait 20 years for the possibility that schools might, might improve. There are options today and advocate with your voice, use your vote, use your voice, and advocate for the expansion of charter schools for your kids. You're basically saying you can't fix a system that's broken, flush it out, and go with charter schools. That's how you leave us. Yeah. Let's talk about policing. You're leaving and the numbers are good. Most violent crime categories are down as opposed to up. You can take a bow on that, and mm -hmm. so can Chief Clements and Commissioner Perry and the good men and women of the Providence Police Department. The numbers are the numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, we're still not done with the year, right. but um, as long as things continue the way they have, we're likely going to have the safest year in Providence in our history. Um, we've had eight homicides so far, and, you know, that's eight too many. Um, but we haven't finished below double digits um, since 1972. So knock on wood, hopefully mm -hmm. things will be good for the next couple of years, and we'll make some history here in Providence. You know, I think that all the credit goes to the professionalism in our police department, uh, the leadership that we've had from uh, Commissioner Perry and, and Chief Clements, and to the men and women on the force, um, you know, the relationships that they build with the community, the technology mm -hmm. that they've adopted and have used to, to the fullest. You put that all together, and that's how we've made Providence not only the safest that it's been in its history, but when you compare us today to other cities today, 
you know, crime is rising in other places, but it's not only dropping, it's dropping to historically low levels here. Uh, it's because of something that right. we're doing here in Providence, and we got a lot to be proud of. You skillfully threaded the needle on the defund the police, reimagine the police argument, and you put out some things. Well, if there's an accident, I don't necessarily have to call a cop to take a report. I could call somebody else. Others who strongly embraced defund the police didn't do too well mm -hmm. in the last election. You want to reflect on that? You know, did I categorize you? You talked about reimagining with some yeah. things, but you stopped short of that. Yeah, and um, you know we've invested in that area. So we've um, actually built out and we created uh, these uh, diversion services. So if someone calls the police and you know there's a mental health emergency, we can divert them to a mental health professional. Okay. Um, and I think that's that's just smart policing. It's the the smart thing to do. You know, um, when I reflect back on, you know, the the whole defund conversation, mm -hmm. you know, just emotions were so charged and. Uh, you know, in moments like that, what you need to do is just slow things down, let heads cool a little, a little bit, and uh, not make any important sort of game-changing decisions in that heat of the moment. So uh, um, I think that the approach we took was, was the right one. People wanted to see change right away. Um, you, know, you, don't, you, don't, you know, you don't change the direction of a big ocean liner in one shot. It happens slowly, and if you want to do it right, you know, you invest the time into it. That's what we've done, and look at where we stand today. Um, as we mentioned, you know, we're having probably the safest year in the city's history. Uh, our police department um, is um, probably, if not one of, if not the best police departments in the country, and we're making reforms that are in line with, you know, 21st century policing and continuing to set Providence up on the forefront of policing and innovation in the United States. So they, I think we landed at a good place. They were funded, new classes came in, uh, and you've gone in that direction. Are you concerned that as you leave and the next city council president comes in, Rachel Miller, she is defund the police. Are you concerned about that? You have to live in the city. Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm gonna give them an opportunity okay. to, to, do, to do their work, just as the previous mayor and you know, previous city council gave me, gave me the space. Um, you know, I'm all for what works. I don't come to this as an, as an ideologue. Um, I want to see, see results. And, uh, you know, if the numbers start to creep up, I want to see what approach they take. Um, I want to see where they direct their investments. Um, but hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully we'll continue to see declining crime throughout the city. Um, and again, more than anything, you know, this isn't Congress. Congress is sometimes about, you know, debating and, you know, getting points on each other. Local government is about solving problems, right? You know, Republicans, Democrats, and then there are mayors. Yeah. Mayors are about getting stuff done, and uh, I think they'll continue that approach at the city. Let's just stay in the same building, public safety. Uh, you let Commissioner Perry, your public safety commissioner, serve as the fire chief during your entire tenure. Yeah. Uh, and Mayor Smiley wants to change that coming in. He wants to appoint a fire chief. Mm -hmm. uh, you would say to him what? I think that's fine. I think, um, I, I, I think, that's smart. It's a good thing to do. Again, all I care about is results. Um, in the fire department, you have two divisions. You have the administrative side and you have the operations side. Operations is, you know, putting out fires. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the performance of our fire department over my entire eight years. They've been phenomenal on the operations side and on the administration side. Um, they are running as efficiently and as well as they ever have. And so, you know, there, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. 
you know, we were able to do it effectively under this structure. But I'm sure there are other structures that can also deliver results. All right. So you, you, you're cautious. You don't want to... <laughs> You don't want to criticize the new mayor coming in before he gets his, his feet in the door. And there's but no need to at this time. Criticize is the wrong, the wrong word. Offer advice or second guess anything that might be on the table before he gets in. I can understand that. Yeah, and you know, the, um, you know sometimes it's really important. Change is important. You know, you, you take one step back to take two forward. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all for trying new and different things. And, uh, you know, I'm confident that you know, he'll surround himself by good people and I hope they'll make wise decisions and the city will just continue to improve. You know, my job is to, you know, run as hard as I can you know, while I have the baton in my hand, and then I'm gonna pass the baton and hopefully set the next administration up to be as successful as possible, and mm -hmm. they'll do the same thing for the next mayor. Okay, I'll tell you what, one more break. When we come back, uh, let's, uh, let's walk out City Hall, down the steps, and maybe we'll make a left-hand turn. We'll do a little tour, issue by issue, with Mayor Jorge Arroyo. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 10 News Conference continues with Mayor Jorge Lewis. And Mayor, let's walk out your office down the front steps and let's go left-hand turn. Providence Place Mall, future uncertain. A lot of empty stores are talking about maybe, maybe putting people to live inside of there. Housing, doctor's offices, stuff like that. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm open to the idea. You know, you can't like force a round peg into a square hole. If there's just no demand for retail, you know. let's go to where the demand is and there's endless demand for housing. How much of that is the next mayor's responsibility and the city's responsibility versus the person who owns them all? Hey, I don't know, things change. Uh, the Amazon, Amazon is here, internet shopping is here. Too mm -hmm. bad for you. It is, um, it is a, it's a rough business, yeah. um, but um, you know, I think the city has a lot of leverage in renegotiating the future of the mall. So I'll leave that up to the next administration, and I think they have a strong hand to play. Let's go up to the State House. There are people in tents yeah. on the cold marble. There's a big argument over whether it's a First Amendment right to protest. You're a lawyer. In <laughs> fact, you'll be going back to law school to teach. What's your thought on that legal, that legal uh, theory in your city? Yeah, um, you know, we have minimum housing standards for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. as a, we make a choice as a society that... You know, if you want to maintain an apartment, you want to live, you can't dip below a certain level. And I get the argument that let allow, let's allow people to, to live, uh, live in tents, but that's not a solution. That can't be a solution. Um, and, uh, you know, homelessness is one of these challenges. Um, you know, we feel the brunt of it because yeah. it manifests in our city. But when you look at the causes and the solutions to it, 
you know, we don't have the tools at the city to, to handle those. So it, it really is a state issue and, and, and it's a federal issue. Um, so I'm glad it's getting a lot more attention mm -hmm. at the state level. Um, and that's certainly something that, you know, I'm sure as, you know, people see homeless folks in, in Providence and they blame the mayor, the future mayor for it. You know, I, you know, I hope to, you know, raise my voice and remind folks that, you know, there's only certain things you can control right. and we don't have the levers at the city level. For well, that. I wish you could control when I come into your city and I'm there a lot. So most people have to have to come to Providence. Uh, you come up your service ramp to go to Broadway. There's a homeless person there panhandling. That's the way in. You do your business on the way out. It's the same way out. You go past crossroads. There's homeless people there panhandling yeah. Yeah. and bothering the motorists who are coming to spend money in your city. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, you know, if you drive around the state, that's every single city now. Um, you go around the United States, that's, that's every place. You know, there, you know, if there was a simple solution, we would have already solved it. But these are challenging, challenging issues. Um, not only the, the lack of affordable housing, but mental health issues and, you know, opioid issues. There's just no simple solution to it. Um, and that's just a reality we have to live with. Let's go up to the east side. They pay a lot of the taxes. It's a good, strong tax base. Now, you've, you've made a point of saying you've held the line on taxes. Yeah. Were you able to do that every year? Yes. I believe you um, have. You believe you have. Yeah, I, I feel really proud of that. So our handling of the finances. Mm -hmm. You remember when I came in, there was still talk about, you know, are we going into bankruptcy? Is the city going yeah. under? You know, I balanced every single budget. We've had record sur surpluses. The financial condition of our city today is easily the best it's been in a generation. Um, and when you look at what we've done to homeowner tax rates, and right now if you live in your property, you pay one of the lowest tax rates of any homeowner in the state of Rhode Island. Only 5% of Rhode Island homeowners pay less than Providence homeowners. So I feel really proud of that. We've been good on the finances. Our credit rating has improved as a city. And we've done it at the same time that we've lowered tax rates for people who live in our city. Before we come back to Kennedy Plaza, uh, pensions, that's mm -hmm. something you've been unable to solve. Then you had some out-of-the-box out ideas. At one point you thought you wanted to sell the water supply and you wanted to refinance and borrow all the money into well, we a did refi. That. Well, well we, that, yeah, that passed. We got the authorization, yeah. Yeah, that passed, but you haven't actually taken right. the line of credit out to start your right. plan, correct? Do right. you regret that? Oh, that no, you no, haven't no. been able to solve the pensions? I mean, I, I wish there was, an, there was an easy solution to it. Um, you know, when I first proposed the pension bond, if you remember, it went nowhere fast. Yeah. Uh, we regrouped. We um, um, advocated for it the following year. We went through all of the steps required, got approval from the General Assembly. The governor signed it. Voters, voters approved it. And now we have five-year authorization. So eventually, interest rates are going to come back down. And uh, the next administration yeah. and the next mayor they can take that step when interest rates are at a good level. So, you know, I feel really, really yeah. proud of that. You've got a line of credit. You can execute. You've got to watch the interest rates. You've got a okay. five-year window. Okay, let's come back. We're in Kennedy Plaza now. The buses are finally going to get out. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the best things for your city. That's the jewel of Rhode Island, that particular square, mm -hmm. and we use it as a bus terminal. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I could not agree more. Um, absolutely. You know, if you're designing a city, what you want is you, you want a beautiful park right in the heart of it, right? right? Our civic center. Um, I feel really proud that we also got the Superman deal done. Yeah. Um, so that's going to bring, what, 200, 300 new residents uh, right to Kennedy Plaza. And when we move the buses, we can invest in that being a park that attracts kids, teenagers, yep. uh, older folks. Um, it should be the one place in the city that everyone feels connected to. And so when that becomes a beautiful public park, 
I mean, uh, Providence is just going to shine real bright. So I, I, I agree that, you know, the buses don't belong there. Yeah. And we can do better for Ripta riders than, you know, what Kennedy Plaza is right now. We've just got about a minute. So let's talk about Jorge Alorza. You've already landed a job teaching property law at Roger Williams uh, Law School. And you've done that before. You've been a professor. What else is on the horizon for you? So I'm, I'm going to give it a little bit of time to take shape. But I want to stay involved in issues that I really care about. Um, I'm not leaving Providence, you know, I'm, I'm firmly rooted here, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay involved with mayors, mayors throughout the country. That's something I've been involved with a lot and want to stay involved. And uh, I want to stay involved in this uh, education charter school conversation. Yeah. It's just too important to our city. Um, and I'll give it some time to take shape. Your son Omar has to go to school. He's pre-K. Yeah, next year. Next year. Are you going to send him to a public school or what's the plan? Yeah, um, no. Um, my wife and I have talked about this and Gene, it hurts me to say that we're not going to send him to public school. But given what I've seen um, and uh, what I know right now, you know, that's why, you know, almost every family right. with real choice, with real options, they opt out of the school department. That's not the way it should be. I just got about 30 seconds. I'm going to make it clear. So you're going to apply the public charter school That's system. Right. If he gets in, great. If he doesn't, you're going to get a private school. Yeah, you have to. Okay. I guess you're going to take him to see the Penguins, which I've been a little critical of that a million and oh, a half really? on the Penguins. Well, you know how it could be. But we'll hold that for another conversation. You take the last word about 30 seconds. You've had a, the time of your life. It's not what you thought. What, what was it? Oh, I've loved every second of it. Um, you know, as I reflect back, you know, what I want the residents of Providence to know is that... The music is playing. Go ahead. Um, I did my best. Okay. Um, I represented the city with honesty and integrity. Um, and uh, I've worked my absolute butt off. I got to hold it there. I think that's a good place to end. That's though. a good one. Good luck to you. It's been a pleasure to be with you on these interviews. And thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Mayor Jorge Aloza, that's 10 News Conference. Have a good weekend.